Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun and get an update on this developing, I would say, story about Stratus in our province. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, so we know it's happening, but apparently the government doesn't seem too concerned about this. Yeah, so it is happening. We're hearing from realtors. I know you heard from one yesterday. We've heard from others that um, what's happening is that uh, Stratus councils are meeting and declaring themselves to be 55 plus. So only residents allowed 55 plus. It's dealing with the government changes in rules, which said you can no longer, um, um, it, the, the rule was it aimed at ending age discrimination. So to encourage rentals and encourage rentals to young families and um, young people. But in opening up the market for more rentals and ending the ban on rentals, the government created an exemption or allowed an exemption. And the exemption is for plus 55. So if you convert your strata to plus 55, you still have to be able to rent out the units, but you only have to rent them out to seniors. So you create a a seniors-only facility. So that's that's what's happening. Um, I was quite struck with the interview you did with uh, Premier David Eby about this yesterday. He was the housing minister. He presumably knows where all this is headed. It, yeah. it reminded me of that old thing that happens when you complain to the tech support department that the computer's not working properly, and the tech guy says, um, it's not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> Eby <laughs> says that this was intended. He says it's not a loophole. And his housing minister backs him up on this, Ravi Kalon. They're both saying that the government protected uh, seniors-only condo projects to ensure that seniors uh, basically would only have to live with their own kind, other seniors, other people at the same stage of life, and said that, you know, those facilities that are, that are converting to seniors-only They'll still have to rent out their units, but they it's true, they only have to rent them to seniors. But David Eby said to you yesterday, hey, there's a lot of seniors out there looking for rentals, so the government, this is basically where they were headed and where they want to head. Uh, Ravi Kalon said yesterday, government has no plans to close this loophole because as far as the government's concerned, it's not a loophole. Right. It's, I, I, the feeling that I got when I was listening to it was, no, 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 we meant to do that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I thought, yeah. what? Okay. It's not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> but the problem is, now, the one thing that both Kalon and EB did say is the government's monitoring the situation. So right. they're keeping track. And that leaves the door open to them going, hey, there's a lot more of these conversions right. happening than we expected. But Kalon said the government thinks that a lot of the condo Uh, A lot of the strata uh, councils that are considering this move, they'll back off when they realize they still have to allow rentals, and all they're doing is reducing the pool of potential renters. They're saying the only people we're going to rent to are over 55. Well, there'd be a lot of young families and a lot of young people that won't be in the pool. Uh, There will be fewer potential renters. And uh, the strata owners will discover that what they've done is devalued their property. Uh, The property won't be worth as much as a condo that can be rented to anyone. 
uh, a condo that can only be rented to over 55. Well, we'll see uh, whether that's the case, but that's Kalon's prediction that a lot of places are considering this, but a lot of them will back off when they realize that they're, all they're doing is devaluing their value of their own property, and there won't be as many of these conversions as it looks like there might be right now. Um, they'll have to monitor the situation, Simi. We'll see, but already the indications are that there are a lot of places looking at this. Uh, report here in uh, the capital region from a real local realtor, 20 uh, strata properties, strata councils have already switched to plus 55. So uh, they're going to need to monitor the situation and see if uh, really this isn't reducing the pool of units available to their target audience, which is young families and young people. Do you think this might also disproportionately affect Vancouver Island, given yep. that you might just have an older population there, so the, some of the more of those buildings might consider this? That is a good point, Simi. Uh, the government uh, may have to tailor the rules to say that to, to prevent these conversions uh, in and around the capital reason, uh, elsewhere, other communities uh, on the island, uh, Parksville Qualicum, where a lot of retirees end up. Uh, I would guess maybe the Okanagan as well. So, uh, you know, perhaps uh, White Rock, South Surrey. There's, it may well turn out to be geographical. And, and the government, uh, there is precedent, as you know, Simi, for the government tailoring tax policy on housing uh, geographically, the speculation and vacancy tax is charged on um, second properties in some communities, not in others. And there's rumor that the government is going to expand the number of communities where that applies. And I listened to David Eby carefully on your show yesterday, and Eby indicated there is an announcement coming tomorrow that will increase the pool of rental properties available. Well, the government's position is that the speculation and vacancy tax is being charged to encourage the operators of those properties, essentially empty properties, to rent them out. So if they do go ahead and expand the number of communities where the tax applies, that will, according to the government, increase the pool of properties that are available for rental. Hmm. Okay, interesting. And haven't seen this in a while, but a recall petition in the news. Yeah, a recall petition. So there was one last year. It kind of got no attention. We don't give them a lot of attention because they never succeed. But uh, this one targets the premier. So we're going, okay, well, uh, the petition has been accepted. Uh, starting next Tuesday, the proponent has hmm, 90 days to collect 16,449 signatures with very few resources proponent will need a team of people gathering signatures. They have to be on the voters list already. So uh, a recall petition has never succeeded in BC. There's one exception that came close, but uh, this is not expected to succeed. The issue here, uh, Bill 36, which went through the legislature last fall, it re-regulated the health professional colleges uh, doctors, nurses, all the others, midwives, and um, change the procedures for reviewing complaints against them, open them up. There's some controversy 
allegations that the legislation would allow the government to silence critics of the government in those professions. Um, I haven't heard a lot of that from, I mean, even the opposition didn't make an issue of that. When the bill went through the House, they raised concerns, but they didn't go very far in it. So, but that's the issue. Uh, bill 36, uh, silencing the healthcare professions, David Eby targeted, and uh, people in his riding only will be asked to sign the petition. Uh, it's very hard to get these things to succeed just to gather the necessary number of uh, signatures. So I don't expect it'll succeed. Right. But uh, you mentioned one that had come particularly close, right? (laughs) There is one that came very close. Way back in the 1990s, the liberal MLA for Parksville Qualicum, Paul Reitzma, was caught sending fake letters to the editor praising himself and denying that he was doing it. They were signed Warren Batanko. That controversy generated one of the great political headlines of all time in the Parksville Qualicum Morning Post. Our MLA is a liar, (laughs) and we can prove it. And he was a liar, and they could prove it, and they did prove it. Uh, Reitzma then faced recall The petition was going very well. He probably would have been recalled halfway through the campaign. He threw in the towel, resigned his seat, and that's pretty much the last we've heard of him. Okay, and that's as close as it ever came, right? Because yeah. there's, there's not that there's not a shortage of these. They do pop up. They do pop up, but look, the, the law, which was approved by the... Well, the voters endorsed the idea of recall and initiative in the general election 30 years ago. The New Democrats came to power. They drafted the legislation to make it very hard for recall to succeed. And so far... Uh, their intentions have worked. Uh, recall has never succeeded, although it came close once. Initiative did effectively succeed uh, because the New Democrats and Bill Vanderzam ran a petition against the HST, and that did lead to the killing of the HST over time. Interestingly enough, Bill Vanderzam's agent during the anti-HST campaign, a guy named Sal Vitro, is the author, the proponent of this recall petition against David Eby. So we haven't heard from hmm. him for a long time. He was involved in the Freedom Convoy last year, so that's where he comes from. But uh, uh, former Bill Vandersham associate, uh, he does know something about initiative because, as I said, he's, uh, he may not know much about recall, but he knows something about initiative because he was part of a campaign that pretty much succeeded. Hmm. All right. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.